You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. Third and short with the ball at the 38. Orth will keep it himself after the fake handoff to DeBeek and can't quite tell if that was by design yep. or by a product of the circumstance, but either way, it'll bring up fourth down. Yeah, it's just a little QB lead. It just doesn't, it blows up in him. And I talked about that with the, with the alumni in the parking lot before the game. It's just like, why be in shotgun on third and one if you can't you know, get up under center and run a quarterback sneak or run dive? You know, if you, you snap it to somebody in shotgun, they got to run for seven yards to get the first down. It just doesn't make any sense. Darnell Schillingford makes the tackle. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I've got yet another exciting interview in store for you. As we get closer to the start of the fall, I wanted to dive back into the college football scene and start by talking with someone that I have gotten to know for a large portion of my own time in college. Joining me on the show today is a Bryant University defensive lineman with an outstanding resume. Last season, he posted 32 tackles through 11 games for the black and gold and has served as an anchor of the team's D-line for the past three years. He now enters his fifth season as a Bryant Bulldog, and he hails from Putnam Valley, New York. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Darnell Schillingford. Darnell, glad to have you here today. Thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Darnell, I I had said to you off air, this was an interview that we had done actually like two years ago. And this might be to the surprise of a lot of people listening, but uh, this we actually did it in a class for a, a radio class that I did. Uh, geez, I think it was... I can actually have the date here. It's November 4th of 2021. So almost two years ago now. And, you know, we kind of hashed some things out. Like we talked about like your career at Bryant up to that point and where things were at. But then, you know, just by kind of dumb luck, we uh, were never able to post that episode. So I'm glad that you're joining us here today. So I'll kind of start things off how we uh, started that last interview off and kind of get to know a little bit about a little bit about uh, your background. So tell me about uh, how you kind of found out that football was your calling kind of take me through that early process with you. Yeah, it was, um, it was a little difficult because I played a lot of basketball when I was younger, like growing mm-hmm. up at yeah. AAU, I really put a lot of time into basketball. So up until probably senior year, I would have thought I was playing basketball in college, but I always played football. My older brother played football at Bryant and it's been around me and I really liked it. And I was very, I was a lot better at it than basketball despite not working as hard at it so I figured maybe it was time for me to switch my cap over to that and put more time into it and try to see where it could take me and that's kind of how I ended up playing football yeah so I kind of have to I so I actually looked up that was something we had talked about on our previous episode too so uh, not only were you outstanding in football back in high school and whatnot, but you also were your uh, bat. you also were your basketball team's uh, all-time leading scorer for your school at that time so what was it like having to make that decision, um, you know, where you thought you were going to be playing basketball at that next level? What was that thing that made you switch over and say, all right, you know what, football is going to be the best choice for me moving forward? Yeah, it was a little tough. Um, basketball, I put so much into it and I really wanted to play it, but football it yielded me better opportunities educationally. I knew I wanted to do business and Brian was the best business school that was on my radar at the time when it was time to make a decision. And aside from that, um, I felt like it was time for me to try something new per se. And it was tough, definitely, to leave it behind. But I feel like I have gotten over it a little bit, I guess. 
Yeah. So then you also mentioned your brother Raheem. Uh, you know, he played football at Bryant from 2013 to 17. And uh, he also played a similar position as you. I know he was on the defensive side as well. Uh, how much of an influence did he have on you kind of growing up and, you know, molding you into the player that you eventually became? Yeah, he, he had a big influence. Um, my brother, he's a, a big role model of mine for good and for bad. But <laughs> he, um, he taught me a lot. And it was a lot by example. And he's a, he has a very good um, leadership qualities about him and football. Growing up in my town, like he was kind of the example. So I got the good graces, I guess, to see him off on the field and off the field at home, like learn from him that way. And I learned a lot from him growing up. And it was just always just trying to do what I can to be like him, mm, essentially. Yeah. So it was a everyday example as soon as you wake up, which was good for me, I think. Yeah, it was almost like kind of like that little brother syndrome trying to live up to the live up to the stakes that he's kind of setting forth for you. So um, you know, getting the chance to come to Brian, I know that you mentioned the business aspect of it. Um, but what in terms of the football program really kind of, you know, made you kind of look forward to coming here and suiting and suiting up for this team? Yeah. Um, essentially the football program, it was the only division one opportunity I had football wise. So that was mm -hmm. definitely part of it, about why I wanted to pursue it. But also I watched my brother play games here at Bryant while I was yep. there since, since I was in seventh grade, I was going up to games to watch and I mean, I, I was more of a basketball kid, so I watched more NBA, stuff like that. But that was the real, like, taste of college football I really had. Like, I didn't watch college football that much. So, and the atmosphere, the game day atmosphere is really cool, even though Brian's not, a, it's not Alabama, it's not Clemson, but it's still a cool opportunity. And I, I definitely wanted to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And then just from the coaches, like, I grew to know some of the coaches. Coach S was there while my brother was there. So I knew the coaches were good people and, it was exciting to be a part of that opportunity, especially in a program that has grown a lot from the time that I got there to now, like it's changed a lot and it's been cool to be part of that. So, Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Bryant, like obviously, you know, it doesn't compare to like some of the big FBS schools that you see down South, but it is a pretty tight knit community and you get to know people pretty well there. I know that I had some of my own memories that I made throughout my four years there uh, for yourself. It could be memories on the field, off the field. What would be some, uh, some memorable, some memorable things that you would take away from your time as a bulldog so far. Yeah. I mean, one of the more memorable things is just like football. I mean, football wise, it's camp, you know, when you're the only people really there and you're just with like your brothers the whole time, like going through something so hard is like football practice and it's so hot outside, but the times in between, like when you're at lunch, when you're at dinner, when you go back to the dorm, like those are the best moments, I think best moments of the past four years. And then, student body wise, like I thought it was a good blend. Like I was fortunate. I lived with people that didn't play football my first year, my first two years there. And I was able to build a good bond with them. And then I made friends through them with other people that didn't play football. So I felt I got a good balance of just like experiencing what college was like football aside and student life in general. So it was cool. Yeah. That is something I have been able to, at least as a non-athlete that I've been able to notice at Bryant that, um, it's not just like, it's not as clicky as a lot of as a lot of other colleges are where, you know, athletes only hang out with members of their teammates or just different things like that. Obviously those are the people you're going to gravitate towards more since you have a deeper connection with them. But it is, uh, I, I have noticed that, you know, athletes of different teams or just even non-athletes have 
you know, really good relationships at that school with each other. So that is something that I can definitely uh, take away with that. Yeah, it's it's honestly impressive. I hear from other schools, like some people are like, oh, I just hang out with my teammates or I don't even know like people in my class. Like I feel like, especially class-wise, because it's smaller class sizes and you're mm -hmm. forced into a lot of groups at Bryan. So you work with people that don't play football, they play field hockey, they play soccer or whatever it is that they do at Bryan. And it's cool because you get to understand about how other people have to spend their time and what other people are doing. So it's because like a lot of times we'll be like, oh, these kids don't wake up for practice or they don't wake up for lift. They don't have to do that. But other people, they have jobs, they have clubs, they have Greek life stuff they do. So everyone's busy and it helps you to understand what other people do with their time. Yeah. I mean, actually you mentioned the group projects and I mean, that's, you know, the definition of like Bryant classwork, you're like, you're never going to go through a semester at Bryant without at least one group project, usually more, usually multiple. Um, and that's funny. Cause that's actually how, how I got the chance to meet you. We, uh, met freshman year in a GFOB group, which mm -hmm. is uh, crazy how that kind of all came to be. I know that uh, that was that was definitely a time uh, we, that happened, uh, you know, before COVID and then we had to go into quarantine, everything that right. happened in that uh, kind of area. And I know for you, like, you know, as an athlete, I've talked with a lot of different athletes about the challenges that they faced with uh, COVID and whatnot. I know your guys' season got uh, pushed off your sophomore year. So tell me about some of the challenges that you faced at that time in your life. Yeah, I mean, it was tough, definitely, because you're on the younger side of the team, so you're still trying to, like, figure out your, like, spot and, like, what you're going to do and, like, what you need to do in order to, like, get more reps, play more snaps and stuff like that. So COVID definitely, on the surface, it would seem like, you know, you kind of are in a whirlwind, but I, it was good because we still practice a little bit, so you just got time to practice without having to worry about if you're going to play in a game or like what you need to do to play in the game, you just got a good amount of time to get better. And then the spring was a good couple of four games we played. That was good just to like get experience. So then that junior year, I felt like our team was ready to hit the ground running compared to some other FBA or FCS programs that didn't get the chance to play at all. So it was mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely say that like you guys were able to, I mean, I was able to kind of observe some of the games and you guys were pretty active, like getting at it and like, it was, you know, basically, you know, minus the fans, it was a full kind of game experience. So I was glad you guys were able to get that. And I know at least for you, like the, you know, COVID wasn't the only kind of challenges that you faced or, uh, you know, kind of, you know, battles that you had to go throughout your, throughout your time at Bryant. I know uh, specifically in one instance, like when you joined Bryant, you were, uh, you know, beginning as a tight end and then you made the change to D line. What was that kind of um, adjustment like for you? I know that, you know, in high school, they have you play on both sides of the ball, but to make that change at a division one level is definitely difficult. So kind of give me some insight into that. Yeah. Um, it was something I was perfectly fine with. Mm -hmm. I truthfully, like I'm someone, I just, I like to play. Like I always like, that's why I like played on a lot of basketball teams when I was younger. I did everything. Like I just love playing. So it was like simply they thought I would play more if I played D line. So I was going to move there. I had no questions about that. And it was definitely technique wise. Like I never really played it in high school, high school, I played linebacker defensively. So I didn't really understand like working with your hands and stuff like that. And like the steps and that. So, which it was good that I changed before that sophomore year. Cause in the fall we were just practicing and stuff. So it gave me a good amount of time and reps to actually just practice and learn how to do it. So it was an interesting situation at the time, but I viewed it as if this is what's going to get me on the field faster, then I'll do it. So, yeah.
worked out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it definitely worked out. I know that you put the work in, in the weight room. I mean, you're, you know, you've done a lot to improve yourself and, you know, you know, put on mass and get bigger. So what was that kind of process like to, uh, you know, go through, you know, to, you know, the whole regimen at, of, you know, getting bigger, things like that at school. I know that they really emphasize that at college more than anything else. So mm. how was that for you? What was that kind of whole thing like? Yeah. Um, it kind of just was like happening, I guess. I mean, yeah. I didn't really like lift a lot in high school, but mm -hmm. I always worked out. Like I did a lot of body weight stuff. I'd like do these like camps and stuff that where you just like work out and do exercises and stuff, but I wouldn't really lift. So my body was like very prepared to like get bigger, I guess you could say. So when I finally got to college, when I came into college, I was 220 that freshman camp year. And then just the lifting regimen that at the time Coach Buck had, Coach Panini had for us that I kind of just, my body finally saw what it was like to really lift weight. So I put on muscle pretty quickly. And then as I, I went from 220 to like 240, the end of freshman year, came home just trying to get bigger as well. I got to 250 and that's when I moved to D-line. And when I got to D-line, I was like, okay, I could I could pass on the field at 250, but it'd be a lot better if I was bigger. So then it just started getting to the eating. I've never really been someone who like eats a lot. So that's what was tougher for me is just trying to eat more food. So I would just have bigger meals, essentially just sit down and eat longer, go for seconds every time. So it's it was tough, but I kind of got used to it. And I tried my best to just keep it as muscle. Like I didn't want to gain some bad weight, but yeah which isn't easy. You have to like watch what you eat more, but it was, um, it was, it was a little tough. It took a while. I'm 280 now. So after four years, 60 pounds, it's a lot of weight, but it's all good weight. I think so. That's, that's awesome. So other than that, what were some other challenges that you faced when uh, you had to make that transition from high school to division one? And as you've kind of gone throughout your uh, throughout these years at Bryant, what were some other challenges that you've had to face on your own at that point? Yeah, the change from high school to college sports is incredible. To be honest, obviously, I only know the change from high school to Division One, but I've talked to other people, Division Two, II, Division Three. It doesn't really matter the level that you're playing at. It's just the time commitment. Like, I feel like you have to really think about it. If you really love what you're doing because if you don't love it, it takes up most of your day. So that means most of the time you're not really happy. So definitely, like, I quickly realized I do love it. I love the grind of football like having to work hard having to like do something that other people don't really want to do and then on Saturdays you get to reap the benefit but that was it was definitely a challenge and for me a challenge was I'll, I always remember this is like the first day of freshman year camp like I was like a fifth string on punt return or something like that and like at my high school it was pretty small like all we had was like a two deep at best I was like I've never been third string in anything yeah and like I'm in the fifth string I was like how do I like climb the ladder over all these people, essentially. How do I, like, get my get on the field? And it was tough at first. I was like, I, why did I even sign up for this almost? But I just kept trying to, like, work hard and, like, head down, do what you have to do. And slowly but surely, it worked out. I was very fortunate. I got to play on special teams on kick return my last five games freshman year. And that was, like, big for me because, like, I just think back, like, three months before that, I was – probably number 120 out of 120 on the team so I didn't I was proud of myself I was able to find a way to get there yeah I mean that's awesome so 
I mean, look, looking at yourself now, like and all that you've accomplished. I mean, if you could look back to that kid that was, you know, coming in freshman year, just looking to get on punt returns, things like that. Uh, you know, and this could also serve as, you know, something to say towards other future athletes that are trying to make, trying to break through and get on the field. What would be some advice that you would give towards them? And if you could or even give towards your younger self. Yeah, I would just say um, you have to figure out like essentially the best, I'd say the best thing is like what you want to do. So like, obviously like I'm not going to like figure out what the quarterback coach wants because I don't know. play quarterback, but yeah. you have to figure out like what position you want to be in and then whatever coach is. So coach S is a special teams coach. And if coach S is telling the guy who's the one that, he needs to get across the field faster and hit his block faster that when you get your rep, you have to make sure you're doing it fast. Mm-hmm. Usually you have the wrong technique on the block, but if it, what he's looking for is someone to get across the field fast, then you can be like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Or if your D-line coach is saying, I need someone who's going to hold the double team well, like better, like hold it on the line of scrimmage. Then when you get your rep at a double team, make sure you're holding on the line of scrimmage. Even if you have your, hands like at the wrong spot things like more technical stuff just like i'd say to kind of find a way to like do what's being asked for the most because coaches they're very uh they really look at what they want the most not exactly the whole thing but i would say that's probably some good advice i guess some (laughs) advice i kind of internalized i think that's what i tried to do Mm mm-hmm I mean, uh, that, that's actually really good advice. And, you know, internalizing all that is definitely uh, a key to your is definitely has been a key to your success over these past couple of years. So uh, kind of going off that and maybe like, you know, advice that you gave to your younger self and kind of having to process all those things. I kind of wonder, you know, as you enter your fifth season, it's going to be, you know, what looks to be your last season of college ball. How has your mindset changed as you enter this season? You know, knowing that, you know, you're going to tr- try to leave it out. Are you going to tr- is it kind of, uh, you know, you're thinking, all right, I got to leave it all out on the table or are you kind of just going in same mindset as always just trying to, you know, keep things kind of even keel? Um, Well, I would say like you can't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. You can't be like, this is it. This is like this, this is it. Well, yeah. Like and change what you've been doing, because I believe that four years ago I was trying to do the right thing all the time. So now you have to do the right thing all the time. You can't go off the path just because it might be the end because also I always believe like I mean football is a dangerous sport nonetheless but anything could happen any day like you never know like one snap they always say like one snap could be your last snap which yeah in football it's very true but in life is true so kind of have to like view every day like that like this could be the end so even though like now I know like this is like my last year of like guaranteed football stuff like that like I definitely am cherishing it a little more, but I've always tried to cherish it my best. So I wouldn't say I'm really trying to just leave it out on the field, but just take it day by day as usual. Now you said last year of guaranteed football, and I know that, you know, there's Bryant university definitely has a history of its players being able to go on and play at the professional level, whether that be in the NFL or even some guys recently going up to Canada to play in the CFL uh, do you have any aspirations to continue playing after you're done with college or where are you stand? Where does that stand as of right now? Yeah. Um, I always said I want to play football as long as I can, which is part of my decision when I decided between football and basketball, I was like, mm-hmm. I can always go play pickup basketball with my friends. Obviously that's not like a college setting, but still it's playing basketball, football. You can't really play pickup football. Like no. once it's over, it's over. So 
I would definitely try to do what I can to pursue to play football at the next level, just because keep it going as long as possible. I love, I love the idea of, you know, football being your job. I feel like it's a little more exciting than a desk job. Well, it might be a little more dangerous, but it, it would be cool. And um, definitely a level that a few years ago, I didn't see myself possibly doing. So if I was able to accomplish that, I know my past self would be quite proud. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that, you know, with all the work that you've put in, you definitely set yourself up to have the chance to move on and uh, play at pr- play professionally. I think that a team would be, you know, knowing you and just knowing what you bring off the field as well as your talents on the field. I think that they would uh, be wise to bring you in and at least give you a shot. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, to kind of kind of go on to that, I mean, you know, um, as you guys get ready to start this season at Brian, I know that last year you guys had to you guys made the jump from going from the NEC to playing actually in the Big South. So having to go against some schools uh, from down south and dealing with that. How was that adjustment for you? I know that that was, uh, you know, I talked to some of your other teammates and they and some of them said, like, oh, we're going to be just fine in the Big South. We're going to you know, we're going to hold our own. We're going to do our own thing. So. Um, what was your kind of reaction to having to step up to a new conference like that? Yeah, I think we handled it well playing wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest difference is definitely the, the size of the O line and the D line mm-hmm. is definitely at the skill position, which you could see like our guys matched up very well and the O linemen, they're a little bigger, but, and, you know, in the NEC, you had every O line had like one guy that, you know, you can trying kind of game plan like our defenses we would game plan like try to go at this guy try to blitz on his side in the big south no o-line really has that it's very rare maybe like one or two times this year we found a guy that we could probably say let's try to blitz on his side do stuff like that so you definitely have to bring your a game a lot more in the big south and this year we'll be combining with the ovc so it's even a bigger competition better competition so it'll it'll be interesting this year but I think we'll be fine. We we've handled it well, adversity and stuff in the past. Well, so we should. This so, year. so the OBC, I wasn't actually too familiar with that. Could you kind of explain a little bit about that, uh, about that merger going on? Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about it. I, sure. I mean, I know it's definitely happening, but it's like SEMO. I know Southeast Missouri, I think Lindenwood was in the OBC. So the big South and OBC combined because some teams left the big South, like Campbell left, I believe. And so it's kind of just combining the two conferences, try to make a big enough league. So there's some good conference games going still. So is, is, are they going to form a new like conference or is it just going to be the Big South still? I think it's actually called the Big South OVC Conference. Oh, my God. From my understanding. That's sounds, what I believe it's called. It sounds like one of those bowl games that has like one of those ridiculous like sponsors it's like the yeah. capital one like into it quickbooks like blah 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 like bowl mm-hmm. game it's like oh my god yeah I, I i'm not too sure about it i just i just know it's happened yeah. i don't details yeah i mean well that, that's that's awesome to see that you guys are gonna have some new competition to go up against i know you guys are actually starting your season with uh some pretty exciting news i know you guys will be going out to las vegas to face unlv an fbs opponent in the raiders own home stadium in allegiant stadium so uh that's amazing that you guys are going to get to play on um you know really good really great uh playing surface like that uh mm-hmm. how how has how the reception around the team been about you know getting to start your season out there how have things been with that um i would say we're pretty confident we believe we can win this game yeah we this is going to be our third fbs opponent in bryant history i believe 
Mm. We played Akron two years ago. We were tied 14-14 with them going to the fourth. Ended up pulling away. We went to FIU last year. We took them to overtime. We lost by one. So we feel like we've been knocking on the door the past two, three years. And we feel like we've worked hard enough. We've, we're still working hard. We obviously need to do more once August comes. But we believe we can get the first FBS win. So yeah. we're excited for it. It'll be cool, especially in an environment like that where the Raiders play. Like, obviously, none of us have ever been, played in a stadium like that. We hope it really fills up be a memorable time yeah i mean it i've i when i heard the news about that i was really excited for you guys so uh i'm amped to see how you guys do out there with that but uh you know for yourself as you get ready to uh you know head into this year what are some goals that you have for yourself uh you know both on and off the field yeah on the field i i mean i it's cliche i know but i really just want to win like yeah we were definitely very close to winning the nec our junior year we should have won that and we've, we've played good football. It's been a lot different. I watched my brother, you know, in 2014, he should have won as well. So it's it's tough to say you should have won. And it's real. I've never been a part of a championship team. I feel like I've been on teams that are champions, but I've never, I, we never held up the trophy. We never got the ring. So to me, it's just doing whatever I can to help the team win. You know, it doesn't happen at the end. It happens each game. You have to go into it the same way respect each opponent the proper way. So just trying to help my teammates do the right thing so we can win the game each week. That's what I, that's my goal to be at. And then off the field, I'm excited for the NBA program. I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to be able to study at Bryan again for another year and a half to do the program and just learn from some world-class professors. It's a good program there. So I've heard and I think I'm going to do the FinTech one, which is a new program they have. And I feel like that would be cool just to be part of a new MBA program, financial technology, something that's really growing in the world, something I have good aspirations for and want to learn more about. So I'm excited for that. Just start classes and learn. Yeah, I know that finance has definitely been something that's uh, been of interest to you, um, you know, obviously mentioning it now, but, uh, you know, just this past spring, you had the chance to sit down with former uh, you know, all pro running back Brian Westbrook on uh, his Difference Makers podcast and talk with him about, you know, finance and as you get ready to enter the corporate world. Uh, and, you know, also kind of, you know, talk about how like NIL kind of set you up with that. So I'll kind of start like, what was that whole experience like just in general? And, uh, you know, what are, and like, I'll let you kind of maybe talk a little bit more about your uh, aspirations in finance. Oh, uh, yeah. So the program I was with is called Zinks. Z-I-Y-N-X, and it's like uh, they're making a a platform for jobs and companies that are looking to hire athletes because mm. athletes statistically go on to do very well in the workforce once they're done with their college sports. So they're trying yeah. to highlight athletes and all their capabilities. But the issue a lot of athletes face is they don't do as many resume building things like internships, stuff like that, uh, clubs, other things that companies may look for because of their practices and stuff. And oftentimes they're just too busy to do stuff like that. So Zinx is trying to highlight the athletes and show their benefits to corporations that value the benefits that athletes bring in terms of just being goal oriented and stuff like that. So I actually, it was interesting how I got that opportunity. One of my friends on the team, Brandon Coward, his neighbor is friends with a guy who founded this company, Joe Carney. He worked oh, for ESPN, wow. MLB. He worked with Derek Jeter on the Players Tribune. He did a lot of stuff. And 
he's very passionate about the athlete and trying to highlight them. So that's why he found this company. And his neighbor asked my friend Brandon if he wants to be in the first, like, just start up and meet Joe and help him out with stuff. And But Joe was looking for people who were juniors and seniors at the time. And at the time, I was a junior. So Brandon just passed my name along. I met Joe, and we hit it off. It was a good relationship. And then this past January, late December, January, he reached out to me and said he's having a student marketing program for it. So just to get athletes on the app and stuff like that. And I, I'm pretty passionate about the topic because it kind of aligns with the thesis I did at Bryant for the honors program. It's about like financial literacy and preparedness for college and professional athletes and like how to prepare themselves for when they go to the workforce. So I felt like it was an opportunity I had to take. So it was cool just to like be on that side of like trying to get people on the app and help them see the benefits, like all my friends, like teammates and stuff from other schools, uh, college athletes. It was cool to do that. And then Joe had a partnership with Pepsi to make a Difference Makers podcast, as you said, talking about how athletes prepare for the corporate world. And he picked four of us to go. We went to Brooklyn and we sat down with Brian Westbrook, did interviews just about how we're setting ourselves up for the corporate world and how what we learned throughout college has helped us to do that. And it was definitely a really good opportunity. It was cool to do that video. Like I've had a couple people reach out to me and say how they saw the video and stuff and they liked the topic and things like that. And what I liked about it is as my thesis that I'm doing and I'm currently still working on it even after the fact, it's something I'm very passionate about and I think it should be talked about more athletes do have a good potential to do very big things so um i'm glad that i have like something to showcase for it some like video i could show people and say like this is why i believe in things a certain way and it's definitely it was a cool experience nonetheless because i mean i got to meet brian westbrook and all he's done he's done a lot of investing after the fact private equity uh stuff like that so it was just cool to be in his presence and learn from him for an afternoon stuff like that so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's awesome, man. I'm, I, I, I saw like that video of you when I was like getting ready to, you know, start this interview process over again. And I was like, I was like, it's unbelievable what you've been able to, uh, do over these past two years too. So, I mean, just to kind of, you know, kind of go off that, like, um, you know, you, you would talk to me about, uh, um, off, off the air, we had mentioned, uh, kind of like the benefits that, uh, NIL, and, you know, all the name, image, likeness things have had for athletes. Have you been able to get into any of that or just uh, have you kind of just been, you know, looking at it from afar? So as of right now? Yeah, I mean, I've done some stuff. I'm not Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> I'm not making a million dollars and stuff, but it's cool just to like, you know, be able to use your presence, however big or how small it may be. And like, I've done some small stuff, like some wristband stuff and like other things. And the Zinx thing was an NIL thing within yeah. itself as well. And I mean, a couple hundred bucks makes a difference to me. Like exactly. it's money I wouldn't have had either way. So I think it's cool. I think more athletes should take advantage of it. I feel like athletes, even at our level, but even division two level, division three level, they think like, oh, I'm not Bryce Young. So I'm not going to make serious NIL money because those guys do make serious, serious money, money. hundred thousands, million dollars, but I'd be fine with 300 bucks so you just reach out to companies ask them do you have a program they do then they send you a little code you send, share it to some people make a couple extra dollars it's enough for me and i think it's i think it's been good i think 
there's definitely some wild things going on at higher levels than us. Yeah. A lot of boosters giving a lot of money, making people switch over like uh, Jordan Addison last year. But I think if there's a little regulation on that and then at the smaller levels, you know, it doesn't hurt. I know some of our guys, they have a partnership with like uh, New Level Nutrition right down the road from um, Bryant. And it's simple as, you know, they go in there, they post it on their story, they get a free shake or anything like that. Like it goes a long way. Yeah, I've seen a this present social media presence wise. Yeah, I've seen a couple of guys on the uh, Bryant basketball team. They have their own like smoothies uh, down the street as well. Like they have yeah. different things like that. So, uh, you know, it is able you are able to get your impact and, uh, you know, definitely get your name out there, you know, even at a smaller school. So what do you think is probably the next step that, you know, is going to happen in terms of name, image and likeness? What do you think that uh, that next thing that people are going to be able to do to really uh, increase their own financial well-being? Yeah, I would say for people to increase their financial well-being, I think it'll be a lot more. Uh, and you see it a little bit even at Bryant, like companies or like people forming a company and coming to Bryant and saying yeah. sign up, and then we'll find the partnerships for you and just bring them to you. I think you'll see a little more of that, a little more regulation of that, and it's not so much athletes trying to go to like whatever it is Chipotle and asking themselves. Chipotle will just say, "We'll." give this company x company whatever two thousand dollars go find us five athletes from bryant and we'll pay them whatever a month or we'll give them free bowls every month so, so things like that i feel like that's a good way to facilitate it it makes it a little easier on the athlete because as we said like with jobs and stuff they may not have the time to be looking for nil opportunities all the time so yeah. i think that's the next step for that will help most athletes yeah i i tend to agree with that i think that's uh I mean, I've, I know that at least Brian has had a, some success doing that. And also just different kids on campus being able, like you said, to be able to start businesses and, you know, make money in their own way has been uh, really critical in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to ask you, um, you know, you, you know, you, you mentioned during the interview, like uh, during that interview, like different things that you're hoping to accomplish for yourself. So, uh, you know, whether you get the chance to play professional football or not, it does eventually come to an end and you do have to, uh, look towards that next thing. So, uh, with all the, you know, experience that you have going into finance and different things like that, what are you looking to do when you do hang up the cleats? Yeah. Um, it's a tough question because I'm very ambitious. So yeah, I think of a lot of different things that I might be able to do, but, um, I'm definitely just passionate about investing in general. Not mm -hmm. necessarily always the stock market, but, you know, investing in businesses, stuff like that. Sure. I definitely, I want to take advantage of what I've learned so far, for sure, and use that to position, position myself, my family, to do things that are kind of beyond what you could imagine, whatever it may be. Like, it's hard to, like, for me to say what I definitely want to do, but I definitely, I want to invest in general in businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, Darnell, as we go, uh, I guess I got to just see like, you know, I, I, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, how the team feels going into uh, going into the UNLV uh, game and also just how they feel, uh, you know, about the change in competition. So uh, if you had, you know, some, you know, last minute thoughts on the team, different things like that, what are your uh, expectations for this year? Um, I think we should have a very good year. I think how the team has changed a lot is the depth. I feel like we have a lot of guys that can really make a difference. So I think 
hopefully what I hope for is just a lot of guys going in and out of the game, a lot of guys making their presence felt, everyone staying healthy, everyone staying fresh. I think offensive and defensively, we have a lot of talent on both sides. So I hope a lot of guys get to showcase it this year. Absolutely. Exciting. Absolutely. So Darnell, as we, uh, you know, as we start to go now, we are now officially down to the wire, which means that we're going to wrap up what we talked about in this episode and send uh, all you great listeners on your way. So before you do that, if you guys want to follow down to the wire, we are available on all streaming platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, and more. We also have a YouTube channel and you can access all of those links in our bio, in our Instagram account at down dot to the wire. So go check that out on Instagram. Darnell, is there anything that you want to shout out for yourself, uh, whether it be social media, different things like that regarding the team? Um, I'm all good. I guess follow Brian Football. Riley Conger, a student at Brian, she does a great job taking pictures and making videos for us on Instagram and TikTok. So definitely follow her there and just follow along the journey. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Darnell. Thank you so much for sitting down with me again. I'm glad that we were able to uh, actually capture this on video this time and uh, get this up there for the world to see. So uh, from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Darnell Schillingford. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take care and peace out. WJMF Radio.